This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. You're listening to C-Suite Success Radio with your host and executive coach, Sharon Smith. If corporate success is your goal, C-Suite Success Radio offers you informative interviews with experts that will help you shorten your learning curve and accelerate your momentum to higher achievement. C-Suite Success Radio makes it simple and easy for you to tap into the wisdom of other successful business people who know the path you're traveling. If you're ready for success in corporate America, welcome to your new home at C-Suite Success Radio. And now, time for your host and C-Suite executive coach, Sharon Smith. Welcome to this week's episode of C-Suite Success Radio. I am your host, Sharon Smith of C-Suite Results. Each week we focus on success, a word we all know and something we strive towards, but not a word that's easy to define. All of our topics and guests are aimed to help you achieve the goals you have set for your organization and for yourself as a leader, but more importantly, to help you accelerate the pace of your success. On today's show, we have Josh Silverstone, pokerpreneur and founder of Aces Raise. Josh helps players up their game at the poker table, in business, and life. Josh has a unique focus of teaching sales teams critical thinking and decision-making skills through the use and understanding of poker. Josh's expertise comes from 10-plus years of sales experience across diverse industries. He has worked inside sales, outside sales, sales management, and sales consulting, along with a long history of poker and chess. Josh came in third place in the Washington Post Chess Tournament and has recently played in the World Series of Poker. Let's listen to the conversation I had with Josh and learn how he defines success and the lessons he has learned to help you gain the edge you're looking for. And today I have joining me Josh Silverstone of Aces Rays. How are you, Josh? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I've been so excited to talk to you because we have a lot in common. Every time you and I talk, the conversation is fun for me. I think what you have to share with our audience is really valuable. And you're the first person I've ever met who's a pokerpreneur. I want you to tell everyone what that means. What does a pokerpreneur do? Yes. Uh, well, thank you. Um, uh, pokerpreneur is, um, is someone who takes uh, poker concepts and applies them to business and life. So, um, you know, I, I believe we learn something from everything we do. And I think poker in particular is a great game for demonstrating some of the risk-taking you have to do, some of the uh, evaluations, assessments of the situation, and really ultimately how to make the best possible decision you can uh, while under pressure. And um, so as a pokerpreneur, uh, I, I teach uh, better decision-making, critical thinking uh, through the use of poker. That's really fascinating. I bet several people listening right now, lots of people, not just several people listening, are their interest is peaked because I bet a lot of people are out there are poker players and they see it as something that's fun, but you talk about gambling versus calculated risk. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, we'll, you know, certainly I think some people will play the game just, you know, as the entertainment value and, and for fun, and there's certainly no, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think there's another number of people that um, they hear poker and they just associate gambling and a certain image comes in their head of like a smoky back room or, or you know, something like that. But really, it's the game has evolved over time and over the years, and uh, really, it's a lot more psychology based and adjusting to your opponent and other people, and it's a lot more um, really uh, math based and being able to break down decisions in terms of uh, percentage and likelihood of happening, the risk that you have to take, and the reward on the other side. So really, through playing the game of poker, it's uh, almost like doing a pro and cons or a cost-benefit analysis, and you're forced to make these constant decisions. And ultimately, the people that make the best decisions over and over and over again have the best results in the long run. So you have taken this concept and taken it to the business world to help teams and leaders learn how to make better decisions and be better at critical thinking to create high-performance teams and peak performers. Tell me more about how that works in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, uh, you know, my professional background was in uh, sales consulting, uh, sales, well, inside sales, outside sales, sales management, and then uh, the consulting world. And one of the biggest things, uh, and especially in working with uh, sales teams in particular, is knowing what opportunities to go after. So, um, as an example, in Texas Hold'em, there's you know 1,326 different starting hands. So you have a lot of options in terms of hands you can play. And in the business world, there's lots of opportunities out there as well. So whether you are actually part of a sales team or you're just a solopreneur growing your business, there's there's no uh, you know um, there's no um, less number of networking events you know to go to. There's no small number of people to call on or people to partner on. So there's tons of opportunities out there, but it's being able to narrow down and focus on okay where should I really spend my time and attention? So I think uh, just as one example, I think uh, the game can really help you kind of narrow down and, and focus on where the best opportunities are and really where the value is, which is a, a key component of the game and certainly a key component of business. Absolutely, and I think it also falls well into how you define success. I always like to ask my guests about success from their own personal definition because too many people go with other people's definition of success and then they get yeah. stuck in a cycle or in a box and a lot of times that leads to a lot of unhappy moments or comparing ourselves to others based on someone else's arbitrary definition. I know you well and I know you're a very happy person and I have a feeling that's a big piece of success for you, but I would love to hear how you define success and share that with our audience today. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you're right, uh, Sharon. I think a lot of people, they, they see success and they think very, um, you know, uh, end results or, you know, where's the accomplishment and, you know, what do you do and sort of like, it's just like the, the bottom line. I think that's, I guess, part of it. But to me, I look more, much more of the, the, the process that you engage in and not just the outcome that comes from it. So, you know, uh, for me personally, it's you know, being in a position to do, you know, what I want the way I want and really to just add value, contribute in the best way possible. You know, as I like to say, you know, success is in the journey and not the destination. And I think a good uh, analogy for this uh, is um, a marathon. And you think of a marathon runner, and, yeah, they have to run 22 miles. Well, when they're a mile or two in, have they failed? 
No, they just haven't reached the finish line yet, but they're successful. One, they showed up. Two, they're on their way and they're making progress, which I think is a key component of success, you know, incremental progress in the direction in which you want to go. And they, assumingly, they've been preparing for several months leading up to this particular race. So if you ask me, that person's already successful regardless of the time that they clocked at the end of that 22-mile run. I agree. Absolutely. And would you be able to then tie that definition of success into critical thinking and decision-making as it relates to how you, how you look at it from a pokerpreneur perspective? Yeah. So from a poker perspective, you know, it can poker like life, you can make the right decision and still lose. So this is where I think it's like really important to detach, you know, emotionally really from the outcome and be focused more on the decision-making process. So, you know, there's this, this, this formula, I, I teach it in my workshops, around uh, expected value. So the expected value of a decision, uh, we call it plus EV. And this is used in economics and business as well, but in the poker world, you know, we'll make, say we make a decision, and at the time we put all of our money in the middle, we're an 80% favorite to win, okay? Now, we might lose that hand. Right? And as a matter of fact, if we're an 80% favorite to win, what does that mean? Well, that means 20% of the time, we're actually going to lose. So did we get unlucky? Is that variance? You know, what is that? And the reality is, well, you're not going to win every single time. You know, you're going to come out ahead in the long run, but you're not going to win every single time. So you have to just sort of accept the fact that, okay, I, I made the right choice. I put my money in uh, and made the right decision when I was an 80% favorite to win. And just because I didn't win this time doesn't mean I did anything wrong. And I just need to continue doing this. And in the long run, if I do this enough times, I am going to come out ahead. So I think that is probably the, the best way to kind of sum up, you know, how you have to kind of take a step back from what actually happens and why you did what you did. And that has everything to do with focusing on what you're doing in the activity and not attaching to the outcome or the end of the journey. Yeah, it really is the process. You know, it's, it's how you engage in the decision, why you made the decision when you made it. And then regardless of what happens, you know, being able to make adjustments from that, but also not being too tied to the outcome, especially if you didn't do anything wrong. You just have to realize that's, that's part of the game, as they say. I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I say a lot with clients and in general and try and, and keep in my own life is not being attached to the outcome. I even have used it as an acronym, N-A-T-O, NATO, to remind myself to not attach to the outcome because there are so many things that we cannot control. I cannot control traffic. I cannot control how someone else will respond to something I've done. I can't control the weather. I can't control much other than what I put into it. I can only control my actions, my attitude, my mindset. And as long as I have control over that in a way that benefits me, that's Success. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of times people spend a lot of time worrying about things that are outside of their control. And I just, I, you know, I, I, I know it's an emotional tie, but logically, I just don't get it. And I think, you know, growing up and maturing, I've sort, you know, I, I probably felt that way too at times. But now, I just, I sort of, you have to kind of accept those things for what they are. And you know, as you said, you can't control the weather. So don't get mad that it's raining. Just dress appropriately and grab an umbrella. You know, you have to do what you have to do. You can't control it. You just have to adjust around it and make it work for you. That's a mindset shift for a lot of people. I love it. I love it. And it actually brings up a point you said before and one I really agree with. 
wholeheartedly. When you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. And what has that, how has that helped you achieve success? Man, um, in too many ways to count, Sharon. <laughs> I don't know how long this, how long we have on this call, but um, yeah, you know, it's life is a learning experience. So I, I think that the way we learn and the way we grow is based on our experiences. And it's sort of, uh, you know, in in school, one of my favorite things I learned in math is sort of the guess and check model. So you try something, you test it, and then you you change it up. I, and I actually teach a process for acing your decision-making where you assess the situation, you calculate, you execute, and then you reassess. So if you weren't happy with uh, where things went, then you can readjust, make some new calculations, and make decisions differently. So for me, how that's kind of showed up in life, um, you know, just as an example, you know, I was a criminal justice major. And I went into sales and, and business right after I graduated. So I didn't really use my major. So, I, and I learned from uh, that I wasn't really going to go into criminal justice once I actually interned for the, the police department. And I did ride-alongs. I did uh, actually underage alcohol buys, DUI checkpoints, all sorts of different things. And I just realized, I'm like, you know, this, this is not really what I want with my life. This isn't really who I want to be. I don't really see myself doing this. So although I had this sort of one vision of what my life could be and what things could be, once I really got into it and tried it and, and saw what it was all about, I realized, you know, this, this isn't the route I want to go. So that's just one of probably many examples in which I was like, okay, this isn't what I want to do. So now I can focus and spend time on what I do want to do and, and, and make those adjustments. Oh, I have such parallel stories, and I could go on forever about the doing what I thought I wanted to do, finding out it wasn't what I wanted to do, which helped me clarify and move closer to doing what I want to do, and why the first thing I do in working with a client is we clarify direction, making sure that everybody is really moving in the direction they want to move based on their defini definition of success and based on knowing what they don't want so they can do what they do want. And I think it makes so much sense. So one of the things that um, I, you know, I find interesting about this is it, you know, we make the best possible decision at the time with the information we have. So one of the, uh, another analogy I like to share is that um, poker and life are both games of limited information. So we don't have 100% of the facts you know, at, at any given time. We have the information we have, and we do the best we can with it at the time when it comes to making decisions. You know, uh, I, I think we've talked about this in the past. I grew up and I played tournament chess, and chess is the sort of the ultimate game of strategy. But what's different between uh, chess and poker, although both games are strategy and chess, all the pieces are on the board, and the, the information is right there in front of you now how you take that information, perceive it, and your strategy and plan around it, very different uh, depending on skill set. But in poker, you don't know what the other person is, is holding. You don't know what cards are going to come next. So you have to take some again, calculated risks. You need to um, make some uh, judgments, some assessments, and um, you have to just go with what you know and sort of um, dissolve down the information to come up with the best possible solution, the, the best possible step. And I mean, how true is that in life, right? We, we don't know 
everything we need to know. We don't know everything that, that's possible. There's just too much information out there. So we have to make the best decision with the information we have at the time. And then from there, we need to adjust depending on the outcome. So I think part of it is making that linear, limit, taking that uh, decision, making that decision. Part of it is making that decision with limited information, but also being mindful in our decisions so that we're paying attention to what's going on so that if we realize, oh, you know what, this didn't really work out this time or I'm happy with this, that we can either replicate what we did or we can change and adjust our direction and do things a little bit differently the next time. I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that came to mind when you were saying that and when you were first talking about the whole idea of when you know what you don't want, it helps you know what you do want, is the idea of making mistakes, where so many people beat themselves up for making quote-unquote mistakes, when really it could have just been they didn't have all the information, they didn't know the cards the other person was holding, and they only knew what they knew, they thought they knew what they wanted, and through that process, there was no mistake, it just helped them clarify what they don't want to help them know more of what they do want so that when they move forward and do it again or take a different action, they can do it in a more educated way. Maybe this time they have a more view of the cards. Maybe this time it's a different game where they can actually see their opponent's hand and they're playing more against the luck of the, I want to say the luck of the table because sometimes you know your partner's, you know the other person's hand, right? But you still have, you know, there are still unknowns. But what I'm trying to get at is that when you make a quote-unquote mistake, it's never a mistake unless you blindly go forward without taking from that and learning more about what you do want based on what didn't work and what you don't want. Yeah, I mean, I think that's beautifully said. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll add, you know, it's not a mistake unless you keep on making it over and over again, right? Part of a living and experience is you know, making those quote-unquote mistakes. And you know what? It's okay if it's a mistake or even failure. There's so much negative connotation, you know, behind those words. But the reality is that is how you learn and grow. There, there, there's only one other way to do it from that. And uh, that's where I think you and, and I actually come in and other folks in our industry, which is through coaches. You know, you can learn off your own mistakes and your own experience, or you can learn off of somebody else's. So, you know, if you're looking to shortcut some of those things, go and seek advice or counsel from uh, experts or people with, uh, you know, certain experience and expertise that can help you get there faster. Really great point, especially when it comes to shifting mindset. I know you've talked a lot about shifting mindset is something that you could or could have helped you overcome some obstacles or shorten the learning curve earlier on in your career. What was it about mindset or learning more about yourself? Because you and I talk a lot about that, and you've, you've done my assessment. We talk a lot about how to know yourself so that you can move forward and do things in a, in a more – more mindful way what what was it about that and what would you say to others that this is that how this has helped you or how it could help them from a shortening the learning curve in terms of really knowing yourself i think it's really important to to understand yourself and i think it's very important to understand uh other people so from a poker analogy perspective and i'll, I'll bring it back to your your question um from a poker perspective you know, there are certain uh, player types at the table, and you actually have to kind of assess how people are playing their hand. And how I'll play a hand in a certain situation 
that I'll play the exact same hand the complete opposite way depending on the type of person that's in the hand with me. So I will play my cards differently based on my uh, opponent in this particular case, okay? Now, in the business world, you know, it's, it's not a zero-sum game like poker. You know, I win, you lose. In business, it's much more uh, collaborative. It's much more how can we work together. But although the, the end uh, goal might be a little different than at the poker table, but the process for understanding other people, understanding yourself, and knowing what you bring to the table is really, I think, key and critical. Knowing what you bring to the table is really, really important. Where your talents lie, where your skills lie, what you're, what you're good at, and where you're weak, that's important too. You know, we're not good at everything we do, and that's where the opportunity to collaborate and work with other people come in. It's, you know, how, where can they plug in where you're not very good and where, what strengths do you have and value that you bring to the table that they can't? So, you know, for me in my personal journey, you know, I, um, I've always been, uh, you know, a very big uh, people person, but um, almost too much to my um, dismay, you know, to a fault where I would do too much or become too occupied. And, um, you know, it actually took me um, kind of stepping back and as weird as it sounds, being a little bit more um, selfish and uh, taking a step back and being a little bit more focused on what I need to do. Because reality is if you're, if you're not coming to a situation complete or whole, then you're not going to be able to be the best possible version of yourself that you can be. So as that might be difficult for some people that, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they have some folks in their life that are very dependent on their relationship or they're dependent on the relationship with you, you know, is it, is it hurting you or is it helping you? Is this good or bad? Is this keeping you, you know, moving in the direction you want to go or is it holding you back? And if you ask yourself those questions and I had to ask myself those tough questions and ultimately I, I, I realized, you know, there's there's some things and some people that I'm allowing to be around me that um, just aren't helping me get to where I want to go. And I had to make some, you know, some tough choices. But ultimately, I'm glad I did because it's helped me get to where I am now. Really great points. And something that is very tough for people to have to stop and look at who they're surrounding themselves with. It's all about who's lifting you up or who's bringing you down. And if the people around you are not helping you succeed, lifting are not lifting you up or not on the same place or in a, have a common goal, it's time to evaluate who those people are and whether they're on your team at work, whether they're in the C-suite with you, an executive, whether they're on a team elsewhere in the organization or whether it's someone in your personal life. There are many times where we have to stop and really evaluate who's, who's with us and how are they helping us and really knowing who we are and what we need the most is a huge piece of that because I know that there are certain things that are not my strong suit. And if I don't surround myself with people who are better at those things than I am, it's not going to make for a very good team. And then there are times where we look at teams and everybody has a very creative strength, but nobody has the ability to put it down and make it happen. And you go from meeting to meeting with all these great ideas and everyone leaves the meeting and nothing gets done. And it's about knowing yourself and knowing your team and knowing how everybody can support and how everybody could potentially, potentially um, 
destroy, and I don't want to use the word destroy, but potentially, you know, hurt the team. And so I love that you brought up knowing yourself, but there's so many ways to do that. And that's a topic in and of itself for many, many more calls to come. So thank you for bringing mm -hmm. that up. Absolutely. Thank you. No, I, I think you made some great points there. I think you and I are both very passionate about ensuring that people know who they are and that they're doing the work that they're meant to be doing. And I think for both of us, it comes from that place of doing work that didn't light us up for a really long time. You talked about going through the criminal justice. I actually had a very similar experience. I was going to go through criminal justice myself, but ended up with a master's in forensic science in high technology crimes, which meant computer forensics. And that was not the right move for me. And I never actually worked in the field. And my undergraduate's in accounting, which is really, really the wrong field for me. <laughs> and it took 15 plus years and two degrees before I realized I was doing the wrong work. And helping people do the right work makes all the difference because even a great employee doing the wrong work isn't a great employee anymore. Well said. Really well said. Well, that is maybe a good piece of advice for others. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Over the years, I've really dived into personal and professional development, you know, a lot of leadership trainings, many of books, you know, being, being in the field we're in, it's, there's always new information and cutting edge things to, uh, to, to, to learn and always more to learn. But one of the most um, impactful things I heard was, it was a few years ago, I was at a, a business conference and it said, you'll be no different than you are in five years, except for two things the people you associate with most and the books that you read. And when I heard that, it just, it just really resonated deep and kind of shook me a bit. And I kind of already alluded to this a little bit in our conversation talking about the people around you, but you know, it's, when I hear this, it's like, it really makes sense. You know, you think about it, the people I associate with most, and you've probably heard, you know, you're the, the sum of the five people around you. So I, I think there's definitely um, some truth to that in every way, you know, spiritually, financially, emotionally. And then um, the books that you read, and the books, I think it's just knowledge that you put in your head. It doesn't have to be a book specifically. You know, it can be a video. It can be an article. It can be a presentation, um, whatever it is. So, you know, really, we are the – we are the sum of the whole, you know, it's kind of like, uh, health and wellness, um, from the perspective of, you know, you are what you eat. Well, you, you are what you put in your mind. You know, you are the things that you think about, talk about, do. So, uh, all of those things, like we just need to, you know, you can't, you can't turn a blind eye to it and say, that's not true. Like we have to take responsibility and accept the fact that we are where we are based on some of these decisions that we've made. And the reality is if we're not happy with where we are, if we want to do something different, or we want to change, and we're going to have to change some of our habits. We're going to have to change some of the people we associate with. We're going to, change, we're going to have to change our thinking. And so I think the, the people that we connect with and work with and the, the information that we put in our head is really critical to our um, you know, overall success and where we're trying to get to. I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the reasons I turned off the news years ago was because I realized I was just feeding my mind with things that can cause fear and anxiety, and there wasn't much about those things that I had that I could do anything about without joining causes and going and doing lots of things that even with that it was probably minuscule in terms of what I could do with with the issues, and I, I turned off the news because it was really it was really making me feel bad. 
and I've turned it off and I don't feel like I've missed a lot. I, I know enough about what's going on in the world, but when I hear other people talking about, they watch it all the time and what we're watching now is so polarized and it's gotten so ugly that everyone's fighting and everyone I see on Facebook is angry and everyone can't believe what they're seeing and hearing. And I just say, it's time to turn it off. Turn on something else. Join people that you enjoy being around. Go learn something new. You're not going to miss anything. I promise you I haven't missed anything by turning the news off. And I would love to see, I actually would love to see if we could, if we could start a movement and get people to turn off the news. I wonder if the news stations would have to start reporting on things we actually wanted to see. And maybe the people who have these voices that they only have because the news media allows them to have it because the people are watching it. Well, it just has to go away. If no one's watching, they have to change what they're saying because they need the ratings. They need people to watch. And if people would finally just take a stand and say, we're not watching this shit anymore, I think a lot of things would change for the better. So I love that you brought up the things you put in your mind being one of those huge pieces of where do you want to be in five years. Yeah, um, and, and to your uh, to your point about the news, I've, I, I feel that way, I've, especially recently with everything going on. I've just had to, you know, once you read a few Facebook feeds and posts and you're like, I just can't take it anymore and have to take a step back. And I think, you know, there are communities out there and people out there and, um, you know, um, grassroots news organizations are out there that I know that are um, really trying to capture some more of those positive stories. You know, unfortunately, the, you know, the, the, the traditional media, to, you know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. And it's really unfortunate that that's, that's what our, our, our culture or that that, that quote-unquote average person craves. Uh, I, and also based on what you shared, I just want a, a quick little quote, if I can, the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt quote, um, you know, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And I think that um, I think that's exactly what we're talking about, and I, I think she uh, really captures that very well in, in just that one little sentence. She does. She's really great with the information and the quotes that we have from her. She's really a great mind. And speaking of great minds and feeding the mind, I always ask my my callers and the folks that come in to meet with me, what what are your favorite books and and either leadership or personal development? What is it that you have read that you'd like our readers to know about that has impacted you so that we can create, you know, a good reading list here for everybody? Sure. Um, you know, I was not an avid reader when I was younger. It's actually, yeah, after, actually after I graduated from college where I really got more into reading and being able to read the things that I wanted to read, which were all around personal development, professional development, and leadership. And my favorite book of all time, and it's, it's almost sounds a little cliche to say because it's sort of like the, the pinnacle book, but Think and Grow Rich, uh, for sure, uh, by Napoleon Hill. Um, was one that covers, for me, it covers a wide range of topics. And it just, it really felt like the words were written for me. It just resonated. And at the time that I was reading it, it's just, it's what I needed to hear. Um, and it's really shaped a lot of, I think, who I am and what I do. So because of the impact it's had on me, um, that was definitely a big one. And, um, Aside from that, I mean, I've read a lot of great things, but um, I really love also reading anything around productivity and uh, efficiency, you know, life hacks, like how can I be more uh, effective, more efficient with my time? So I definitely have to mention Stephen Covey's, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People uh, is definitely up there, um, uh, definitely up there for me too. 
I'm glad you brought up Think and Grow Rich. Yes, most people in the success world know it. I mean, he was the editor-in-chief of Success Magazine back in his time. Lots of great business minds, and not just business minds, but great minds know the book, but there are a lot of people who don't know it, and so bringing it up is definitely not cliche at all, because if there's an up-and-coming leader listening to this right now or someone who hasn't picked up books in a long time, and sometimes that is a habit that we don't have until we're older. In many cases, Think and Grow Rich for me was also a huge turning point for business and mindset. And I love that book. So I'm glad you brought it up. Another one that can be considered cliche also is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. That's another great one. So if those yeah. listening today are new to the reading list, those are some classics that I think it's great you brought up. And same with Stephen Covey. Seven Habits has been around for a long time, but it doesn't mean everyone's read it. So thank you for sharing those with us. Absolutely. I really, this has been so much fun. I know we could talk for hours. We always, we always end up talking for hours when it's just you and I and uh, not on the phone, but this has been really fantastic. I'm so glad our audience now knows what a pokerpreneur is and knows <laughs> more about you. Your information will be in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they want more training on, I believe you do training on poker itself, not just on critical thinking and decision-making, but if people want to learn more about poker, do you still do that? Uh, yeah, so you know, we're actually launching a new website um, that is going to be dedicated to people who just want to uh, learn poker or um, get poker information. And then, uh, of course, our, our main website, uh, acesraise.com, uh, is really the, the crossover between poker decision-making and um, some other more um, business-focused uh, fronts as well. So, um, But, yeah, we do do a little bit of both. And you do events where you bring in poker tables also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for private events, ch charity, poker tournaments, or corporate training, um, using poker for uh, team building and teaching some of the things we're talking about, how to better understand where people are coming from, how your uh, employees and folks make decisions, and, um, you know, it becomes a real uh, fun thing to do. Um, really taking, you know, again, being in the sales consulting training world for so long, I, and seeing a lot of bad company cultures, this is a really cool, fun thing to, to do for um, training and uh, team building at the exact same time, which is really, really what I think it's all about. Yes. And who wouldn't want to go to a poker slash team building event versus your typical, you know, team building event where you have to, you know, build a, build something with paper and tape or, you know, some other team building events that we've all done, but bringing in the poker table, that sounds like a really good time. I'll make sure, I'll make sure our listeners have your information because I think you have so much to offer. And this was so much fun. Thank you for joining us on the phone today. And hopefully we'll be able to do something together in an event soon. We're both in the DC area. So I could see some great events in our future together. Absolutely, Sharon. No, I, I enjoyed it anytime. Always happy to hop on with you and work with you. I, I love the work you're doing. And um, yeah, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm uh, no pun intended, always game. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Tune in for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can get more resources at www.c-suiteresults.com. Make it a successful day.
Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.